Hey, everybody. Guy Haberman here with a different little something-something for the uh, pod uh, this episode because I went to Niners practice this week and had a couple conversations with people that I recorded and wanted to put on the podcast feed. One of them is Juwan Jennings, and it's a couple minutes from a longer conversation I had with him that's on YouTube. And um, I want to talk to him about two things. One, why he's so good at catching first downs. Two, about his name. My name is Guy. It's spelled G-U-Y. That sounds simple to some of you, but um, to some of you, you've never heard that name before, and uh, you don't know anybody with that name other than me, and uh, maybe we've never met, so you've never really met anybody with that name. And so I've been asked about my name my whole life, and uh, I love my name uh, because it's uh, unique, and so I'm always interested in people who have slightly unique names, or even if it's a common name, everybody's got some story behind their name, which I, which is always very personal, right? Even if it's a name that the most popular name, but why is it your name and why is it you? But Jawan has a unique name. His name's Jawan, J-A-U-A-N. I've never seen that before. And uh, he said he's never been asked about it before. So I was excited. Anytime somebody says that, uh, I'm happy when somebody says I've never been asked that question before. It's like, damn, that's a good question then. Wish, wish somebody else had thought of that. Um, so I'm going to play like two minutes of that, not because I want you to go watch the rest on the YouTube, which you can just because on YouTube, on the visual, it gets a little louder in the second half of the interview. Cause we're in the locker room and people start talking around us and, um, uh, on video, that's not distracting, but when it's just audio, it's distracting that way. Also, I'm going to start with a conversation with Cam Inman. Um, Cam is the beat writer who's covered the 49ers for 24 years for the Berrien news group. Now San Jose Mercury news. And we dive into a lot of Brock Purdy stuff and and just the team in general and what he thinks about the Packer game and how he ranks from uh, least attractive to most attractive, the teams that the Niners still have to uh, play coming up. So I'm going to play Cam here, and then we'll get to Juwan later in the feed, uh, later in in this episode. So uh, here we go, Cam Inman and then Juwan Jennings. So you've covered the Niners for a quarter century. Mm -hmm. They have not won a Super Bowl in that span. Yeah, it's my fault. And my question for you is, how do you think this team, not knowing yet what they're going to do, compares to the best teams you've seen that have gotten close, right? Oh, without a doubt, this is the best team. Without a doubt, this is the best team. Well, without a doubt, it's the best offense. Yeah. It is, it is the most exciting and fun offense to watch because there are so many players that you can... I mean, it's not reliant upon one guy, right? I mean... With, with back in the day, you had Frank Gore running the ball for Harbaugh. Uh, you had Kaepernick running crazy at the catching everybody off guard. Um, and there haven't been many great offenses in the 25. Like Jeff Garcia, Pro Bowl quarterback, he had T.O. to throw to, right? Um, Garrison Hurst was there making a comeback kind of. But this has the biggest um, supporting cast where it's not on any one guy. That's why anybody can pick apart whoever you want. It's like, well, Brock doesn't have to do it all because he has, well, that's great. But like, Steve Young had tremendous weapons. Joe Montana had so many weapons. So without a doubt, it's the best offense. And I think whether it's the best team is really going to be dependent on what defense shows up in these next two games, maybe three games, because it's not a championship caliber defense where it's like, oh, that defense is being compared. Like last year or the year before, everybody was making comparisons to the best Niner defense of all time. And I'm like, that is pump the brakes because you got to actually do stuff in the postseason. And that's why, like, we worry about some of the missed tackles this season or whatever. I, you know, there's, there's times 
or yeah, well, you, know, you got to do what you got to do. You could have walked behind us. That's okay. Yeah. No, that's okay. fine. That's fine. Yeah. We. <laughs> by here, maybe. Anyhow, I think it's a really good team, and I think if they don't win Saturday, I'm going to be astonished. If they don't win the Super Bowl. I'd say it's a letdown because I don't know how much better this team can get yeah. because it is such a dynamic team. And I would just, I, I worry a little bit about the defense, more about like, I want to see a better defensive front get on somebody. And now you have a young quarterback coming in and Jordan Love who's getting all sorts of flowers this week. And it's like, well, let's see what you can do as the stage gets bigger. Yeah. And, but they've been able to run the ball. That's the thing with Green Bay. Yeah. Armstead. Back-ish. Yeah, I mean, that's everybody's counting it, but everybody's saying that's going to be the magic elixir, that the right. run defense will be solved because now the linebackers are going to know which gap to stay in to go get their guy, which is awesome. Great, if that's the case. Now, they faced Aaron Jones before, repeatedly. I mean, they played him twice in the playoffs. He's, he's never gone for 100 yards rushing on this team in like six or seven meetings. But the last time they played him in the playoffs, two years ago in the snowy Lambeau, that's when Aaron Rodgers kind of, like regressed and this was like checking it down to Aaron Jones. So he got like 120 receiving yards, which was useless. Um, I, the Niners like to pump up the stat that for the last 44 games, no opponent has rushed for 100 yards, no opposing running back. But it's like, well, that's the NFL. Like not everybody has a 100 yard back. Aaron Jones has gone for over 100 the last four games. I would be stunned if he did it on this team because they're, that's their sole focus is on stopping him and then making, you know, Jordan Love try to throw the ball around the yard. That's more a situational stat, too, than it is a defense, stout defense. I, I mean, mean the defense pretty, is good, but you play from in front, it's hard for teams to run for 100 yards on you. Like in, what, 2011, 2012, when Fangio had this defense humming, they had like a similar 100-yard stat kind of thing, and Marshawn finally ended it like in a regular season finale. And it's like, that run defense was legit. This yeah. one, it's not there yet. Could be, because I just, I, I don't think the Packers or the Lions or the Bucks would be any threat to that. And then you get to the Ravens and the threat to that would be Lamar Jackson right. if he makes it to the Super Bowl. Well, you don't have to be a, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a perfect team to win a championship, right? I don't know because this team is- You think you have to be a perfect team to win a championship? This team has not won a championship in almost 30 well, years, but, so it's like- But how many teams that win championships are perfect teams? There is not a perfect team in the NFL right now. So, right. but like this is as close An to- imperfect team will win the championship this year. Absolutely. But an imperfect team wins the championship yeah. most years would be my theory. Right. But I mean, there's, and then, then we start getting in the weeds and say, well, what kept them from winning in past years? And, and everybody's like, and it's going to come up again this postseason because it's going to be like, you know, Shanahan didn't close the deal against the Chiefs. He didn't close the deal against the Rams two years later. And it wasn't that they couldn't rally or come back in the fourth quarter. It's that they couldn't hold the lead. Right. So, like, why are you guys worried about whether they can come back or not? It's like they haven't had to come back, um, you know, against the Bengals, the, the Vikings. They came back a little bit about against the Browns without Debo, without McCaffrey, and then with a kicker that missed it. I don't have any concerns about like the comeback ability. And my concerns are, can they put, you know, finish it off? Because that's something that they have not done. Yeah. So rank the, we're not going to, uh, you know, let's give them Packers and let's just say. Okay. You're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Rank the AFC. Or you know what? You could include Detroit here. Include Detroit and Green Bay. Include Detroit and Green Bay. Detroit, Green Bay, the Bucks. everybody left. Uh-huh. Rank them like the last team the Niners would want to see. Well, first. Who's first on that list? Ravens. Really? Yeah, because they just beat them. Mahomes? 
What if the rate? What I, if don't, the Chiefs, I, I don't think the Cam, Chiefs. What if the Chiefs have beaten Buffalo and Baltimore on the road True. and you get them in the Super Bowl? That would tell me that their receivers are actually something, and they they haven't been anything. That's I thought the Chiefs would be out, and yeah. I don't think the Chiefs are going to win this week. I I actually think, I think the Lions would be maybe the next toughest just because they I had have a Buffalo. This, I had a Kansas Ooh, City. I really like Buffalo. Okay. I think Buffalo could do so it. So Baltimore, Buffalo. Yeah, Baltimore, Buffalo. Um, I actually, and I think the Lions are a really good team. I think the Bucks are going to beat them because I think this is just going to be an emotional letdown for Detroit because it was such a big win yeah. to beat the Rams. And I think they're a great team. It's a great story. And I think the Bucks have like the same thing with Packers. They have nothing to lose that nobody thinks they're going to win. Um, but the Bucks have playoff tested. They've gone to the postseason the last four years. With Tom Brady. I mean, Baker on I know, the road. but like Baker's playing well, and it's like they got enough parts where it's like they might be able to pull something off, like if the ball bounces the right way. And then if it's Detroit back here on Sunday, fine. I mean, it's okay. It's It'd be fun. But it's like the Niners, it's, it's, you got to get the, these two wins. You got to. So I asked Nick Bosa last week about his goals for the playoffs. Like, you know, because he, he didn't have a sack last postseason, yeah, right? Yeah, I saw this. And I. I try to say it delicately, and Nick's very smart about it. And I'm not saying, like, throwing him under the bus, like, bro, you got to step up. But he said, like, I just want to get three wins. And I thought, he's like, I just want to win. I want to win three. And I thought it was great that he said three because under Shanahan, they've won two, lost one. One, two, lost one. One, two, lost one. They need to win three because it's all about winning the Super Bowl. So is, did you ask that question with a thought in your head that Nick needs to be better than he's been? Yeah. Yeah, don't you think so? Better how? I mean, I think, sack- well, first of all, I don't, yeah, I'm not worried about like the sack numbers um, or if he's going to have a monster game at some point. He just needs to have a constant impact. And he has like, you know, people like that watch the film, they'll see it. And I'd like really need somebody on the other side of him to do the same because yeah. I think everybody got two big expectations when he and Chase Young debuted in Jacksonville together. Yeah. And they meet in the, in the backfield at Trevor Lawrence at Buckeye, bookends, awesome. They force a fumble. And then where's Tayshaun been since? I mean, I, he looks like a perfect prototype defensive end. And I'm not saying he lacks effort. It's just, it's just there hasn't been the production that you would expect out of him, especially if anybody going on the other side of Bosa. And Bosa's getting doubled somewhat, gets, gets held, but he still needs to make a bigger impact. And when you're going against a young quarterback who might be a little stargazed under the lights, I think it's a great time for both of those guys to step up, especially now that you have Armstead and Hargrave coming up the middle. And you're rushing for it. It's like, do they need to rush an extra guy? I don't think so. Well, it's not, you know, the blitz is, Jordan Love's been okay against the blitz. Yeah. And that's not what Steve, like, we thought Steve Wilkes would blitz more this season. And that's why I think the first month or so they were trying to figure it out. And then, as Bosa said last week, he's like, well, then Steve Wilkes figured what we do best around here is rush for and play zone coverage. Yeah. So was that because... You're a perfect person to ask about this. We haven't talked really like that Steve Wilkes is going to the sideline story died a while ago. Yeah. Right. But it was such a turning point in the season. Was it though? At least it was was on paper, right? Yeah. This thing A happened and then B happened. Right. But it sounds like you're scared. You don't think they're related necessarily. I think there's, it's just one part of it. I think it's, it's, there's so many other factors to it of just how well they get used to playing. I mean, the cornerback play has improved over the last couple months, right? Mooney Ward's had a great season. I mean, he said going into this year he wanted to be a Pro Bowl and All-Pro, and he did. And Diamador Lenore is a guy who thinks he's probably better than everybody in the NFL, which is kind of fun. Um, it is. You have to right? play that position. Totally. Cele- I love I always say cornerbacks celebrate all wins. Uh, I, yes. 
Yes, and you know, like for 25 years, I've said cornerback is you, you're in a no-win situation in the NFL. They want you to fail. All the rules are set up for you to fail. Yeah. If you're a great one, they're just going to pick on the other guy. Right. And so, like that's why they need a Diamondor Lenore to play really well opposite Ward. So, I think the fact that those guys matured into the into the system and Wilkes kind of figured out what to call and what not to call and just kind of back off and let them play. Um, that's why I think they've had success. All right, give me your hottest topic, but it's hot topic for a reason, Brock. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say Kristen Juszczyk's uh, fashion design. Kristen Juszczyk's fashion she, she surpassed you for Instagram followers thanks to her fashion design. She has and earned it. And a lot it. of people. She lot is, of people. I mean, it is a great story because she's been working. She I picked up like 400,000 yeah, IG followers in like three but days. But think about like what her career now as a fashion designer is what she's made. I mean, yeah. it's, it's awesome. And we're doing stories on her rather than talking about who's going to win the trenches. Who, what do you think, Feliciano or, or Burford this well, week? Well, you can huh? do that story huh? too. You no, can, I, I want to see that story. Do you think anybody in their right mind wants to know about the interior offensive line? Well, you know, sometimes a journalist's job is not to do what gets the most clicks, Cam. It's to do the most important thing. Well, that's a journalist's the, job, but the there's, no the more, there's no more pure journalists in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. We're working on that though. Yeah. What does that mean? Every year, I, I like try to raise, met, like try to mentor young journalists. Go back down to Cal Poly and California Scholastic Press Association. Apply now if you're a high school kid. How do they apply? They go to CSPAWorkshop.org. There it is. It's it, I've been doing it for 25 wow. years. We try to keep. I mean, there's still hope for journalists. So yeah. Anyhow, what were we saying? No, that's okay. The hot the hot button story. I wanted to ask you about Brock. Well, I mean. I think it really is the storyline of the NFL that's gone under the radar the whole season. A kid who, under a year ago, has a broken wing. His, his elbow is torn. He can't throw a football. His career's in jeopardy. Yeah. And he undergoes a radical procedure to fast track him back on the field. He gets on the field for week one, and he throws for more yards in 49ers history through 16 games than any quarterback. And it's just, it's amazing. And it doesn't get the credit it deserves. It's not like this guy was throwing dink and dunks. He was throwing lasers to the boundaries. He was going deep. You know, he's pointing guys in all sorts of ways, and he's running the offense at the same time that Shanahan loves, where I've never seen Shanahan trust a quarterback more. And just, here's what you do, rip it, go for it. And he's done that to a T. And he hasn't quaked in a, like, it's just, the only crack I saw was against the Ravens after he threw a couple picks and he threw one across his body towards Kittle. And I'm like, ah, that's a, that's a panic purdy. We don't need to see panic purdy ever again because that was kind of like a Jimmy throw where you go over the middle and that's where bad things happen. Um, and he hasn't done that for the most part. So I, I, uh, I'm excited to see how he does back on the playoff stage because it was almost like last year him getting injured was such a great excuse that everybody hopped on because it was a valid excuse. But uh, it's also more valid by the by the week for oh, watching Philly too. Right, right, and it's just kind of like, okay, well, now you have him healthy and you have a great team, so let him turn him loose again and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, you talk to him a lot. You're, you know, mm -hmm. you are among the group of people that are around him all the time. Yeah, and you know, he's interesting because he does say things like I watched the interview he did with Mayoko the other day mm -hmm. he'll say he says things mm -hmm. he'll bring up you know he'll talk about game manager monikers and what mm -hmm. was Tom Brady when he was young and that kind of thing he doesn't talk in a way that sounds like a hot soundbite right? right he doesn't sound like he's about to launch a podcast although you never know he might but it's kind of like how he plays there's a sweet a sneaky swaggerness to him so just give us your your around him. What's yeah. he what, what's he what do you think he's really like? Because I think there's a question of like, is the person that we see kind of guarded? Who's the guy the teammates see? Right. Yeah, I think he's uh, like Jimmy was Garoppolo was like, I'm one of the guys. I'm a high school linebacker trapped in this 
quarterback position with these good looks and great demeanor, right? And Brock is more of a, I just say he's more of a pure quarterback that he studies the game so well, um, he can relate to anybody as he wants to, but part of that is because he's curious. Like for, so he's been here for what, two years and um, he's approachable. So like uh, you can go by his locker and say something um, but he'll ask as many questions back to you as you might to him. Like I remember last year, we were, he was just trying to get it settled in the Bay Area and didn't know much about the area. And I go, have you gone to like Pebble Beach? And have you gone to the Bay? Have you gone to Big Sur? And he's like, oh, I'm going to write this stuff down. Like he really wants to know and learn things from you. And I'm like, by the way, you know, you play quarterback for the 49ers. So as the 49er beat writer, I'm going to tell you right now, I basically cover two things. I cover the quarterback and then I cover the rest of the team. And I go, there's so much emphasis here in the Bay Area on what the quarterback does, thanks to Joe and Steve yeah. and John Brody or whatever. But yeah. um, it's so quarterback driven. That's how the NFL has become, too. And Alex and Colin. And and, but so Brock understands it. So he understands that everything he does may not be accepted by everybody. But and he's not so guarded where he I can't yeah. do anything. I'm not petrified by the spotlight. He just accepts it as part of the job. And that's why he's I think that's why he's comfortable because, you know, every year we write down our top three candidates for the Gary Niver Media Award, of which player exhibits the best professionalism and cooperation with the media. And I, one of my votes went to Brock because he's so very transparent and the whole thing he went through this year with his arm surgeries, and it wasn't just to us, but it was all media. And he would explain you know, how he felt and how things were coming along, but he'd also often deflect all the credit towards his teammates and coaches never saying I'm having a great freaking year right yeah, yeah. and it's like he knew everybody like he understood the situation he was in um, but he also knew he contributed to it whereas I think Garoppolo often deferred to everybody and that and that even happened in the game where it's like well you know Kyle wants me to hand it off 30 times I hand it off whereas Brock's like I want to take this by the game by the throat I am going to find Ayuk on the other side of the field on the boundary when I'm not supposed to do it and I will throw a laser to him and not worry about getting it pick sixth yeah, the throw in the Jacksonville game to the back of the end zone to IU, yeah. well, yeah. to somebody, Kittle or IU. I think IU, it was IU, IU because like, as much as everybody says, oh, that's the worst decision ever, and we're like watching this, and it's like, okay, he lobs it over two defenders over Kittle, yeah. but it was right to the spot where IU could be. Yeah. And, but like even the, the week one, his, he threw two touchdowns to IU in week one in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. and one of them was like front right pylon where Patrick Peterson's draped all over Ayuk, yep. and like there's no way he's throwing that there. Yep. And he threw it. I'm like, I'm like, Peterson Holy. spent the week kind of talking too. Remember? Yeah. And Brock after the game says, "Oh, was that against Patrick yeah, Peterson?" Yeah. As if he didn't know. It was beautiful. It was yeah. like the greatest shade to throw on the guy. And it's just it's so because he has that connection with Ayuk, he can do it with Debo. McCaffrey's obviously like I think McCaffrey's still the number one offensive catalyst here. Yeah. Um, and then Kittle is, you know, Kittle's can do whatever you need him to do, right? If you need him to catch three touchdowns against the Cowboys, he'll do it. If you need him to block pancake three Cowboys, you can do that. It's it's fun. It's a fun offense to watch. That's why I said it's like I I really enjoy watching it. I had a I have a buddy who, a few years ago. He told me he played in the NFL, and he told me something a few years ago. He said, you know, there's the perception about quarterbacks, like who they are. He said, and the funny thing about quarterbacks is if you're ever, if you're in a social situation with quarterbacks, a lot of them are, not all of them, but some of them can be really awkward yeah. because they are used to it always being about them, yeah. right? Like the quarterback is supposed to be about everybody else, but what happens then in return is it becomes all about them. And he said, it's funny in social situations, there's usually two types of quarterbacks. There's the guys that really are everybody, like they uh -huh. truly are like the guy's guy, right, yeah. type guy. And there are guys that are so much kind of the guy's guy that it, Right. It actually makes them awkward. Yes. Because they're not, they don't know how to handle seven people sitting around having a group yeah. 
conversation. Um, I think Brock's so grounded yeah. and he's grown up like that, like with, because he was Mr. Hotshot Arizona in right. high school. Right. And then he goes to Iowa State and becomes Mr. Hotshot in Iowa State. Where's Iowa State? Is that Ames? Ames, yeah. It is Ames? Yep. Go Cyclones. Sarah Simpson, neighbor. Um, <laughs> Subscriber, maybe? maybe? Well, she was like, when they drafted Brock Purdy, I'm like, who's Brock Purdy? She's yeah. like, that's my guy. Yeah. I'm like, okay. It's and, funny, every time he throws back over the middle cam, I'll, I'll get an Iowa State fan and be like, oh, there's Brock. Like, they recognize really? that guy. Yeah. 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 When he, I, I'll tell you when, um, for rookie minicamp, when they brought him in for the first time and we met them, and um, they take him in the local media room back here for like 15 minute interview, five minute interview, whatever they can handle. And Brock was great, 15 minutes. And he leaves and I'm walking by like, like Eric Branch or something. I go, damn it, I really like that guy. I go, he's got something to him. And I go, I, he's not gonna have a chance in hell to play here because Trey Lance is here. Uh, and Garoppolo is still kind of around, but I'm like, boy, he, he seems like a, he, he knows what he's doing here. And then you would see him at the locker and he would be studying a script and plays all the time, just sitting there. Like you could go up and talk to him by doing it. Kind of like a Lincecum thing. Like Lincecum was like, hey, if you want to talk, I'm like, I'm not bothered talking. Right. Fred Warner, when Fred was first in the league, same thing. He would sit at his locker and study, right? And it's not like you're showing off to the media that you're studying. It just so happens the media is coming in there at the same time. Brock had the same thing. So, I mean, this kid has got it dialed in. Cam, anything else? Um, any other takes you need to unload here? Yeah, probably. I, I do enjoy uh, your show a lot. Thank you. Uh, I, I listen to probably three podcasts. Um, yeah. What's your list? Do you want to share? Well, one of them is 49ers Talk with Matt and Jen. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're my loyal uh, road compadres. So I always listen to them. They're great. Um, so then you. And the third one rotates because I'll, I'll delete, like I'll try to get a player one for a while and I'll enjoy it and then I'll delete it after a while because I'm like, I've heard enough about him. So it kind of rotates. And then there'll be like one or two of like a, some, some like great podcast. I'm like, um, Smartless, I, I occasionally will, mm -hmm. but then I, I'm not that committed to a podcast. Like if I'll go on a run or a walk maybe, but yeah, you guys do great. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ham to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0, and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code ham. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with a butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high quality meat and seafood you can trust you get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping as always and you get the ultimate customization your customization might be i don't know what to do send me the good stuff and they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham 
and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars can i tell you about my friends very very good friends and mainly because i've been using this app for a long time game time they are the best ticket app i've ever used you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event you want to go to a concert you want to go watch steph curry and clay thompson and draymond make a little playoff run well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered... Can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. 
If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Cam, is it short for Cameron? It is short for Cameron. I, this, was, this was like in high school, I was always Cameron. And then when I started like getting, when I turned pro as a sports writer when I was 16 in Cupertino, it's my first paycheck for the Cupertino Courier, senior year of high school. Um, I changed it to Cam because it's quicker to write. Like all the yeah. Mercury News sports writers were, it was Dan, Bud, Mark. <laughs> and I'm like, shit, you got to have a one syllable name. So, and you're not going to believe this. And this has nothing to do with like the sports writing byline stuff. My wife, Jen, and I have three kids. She's Jennifer, Jen, Jen and Jennifer. Yeah, got Our that. three kids are one syllable names, Kate, Brooke, and Grant. And that was on purpose. So it's easier to yell, Kate, Brooke, Grant. And what is, and what is Inman? Two syllables. No, but <laughs> where are the Inmans from? Where are those people from? Uh, my, my father was born in Scotland. Uh, my mother uh, was from Buffalo. As Al Davis would say, how's your mother? So yeah. <laughs> wow. You never heard that story? No. Oh God. What's that story? But you'll have to, this is, this is like Bay Area sports media, uh, yeah. legendary stuff. When he fired uh, Lane Kiffin and was introducing Tom Cable at that press conference, like I was on good terms with Al for two years because I had a one-on-one interview with him in his office for three hours, the best interview I've ever done. Wow. So Al got to know me and blah, blah, blah. And then it, and it turned out like, um, well, so he fires uh, Kiffin and we're in this press conference and I, you have to introduce your name, Cam Inman, Bay Area News Group. And um, well, yeah, lights came on just like that. And it's before Al. I could get my question, Al, <laughs> it is Al. Al says, oh, hello, Cam, how's your mother? <laughs> and so for every, you'll hear Papa and everybody on the radio whenever I go, so Cam, how's your mother? <laughs> and my mom is, she's still going, knock on wood. And, uh, but yeah, for 20 wow. some years, I've heard that. Do you still have the audio of your three hour interview with Al? Yeah. In fact, the transcription I have, it's, it reads like it could be its own book because I left every F word in there. Yeah. It was probably about 42 Can you fucks. do something with that? I don't know. I mean, it is like because it was supposed to be about Madden and it was only about Madden for like two of the 80 questions. Yeah. Because Al used that time to go off on so many different tangents, which made it so cool. And like by the end, he was telling me how he would solve peace or he would solve, yeah, he would make peace in the Middle East. Uh, he'd talk about naval warship movements, um, talk about the NFL network, talk about journalism, yeah, talk about yeah. everything. And it was awesome. Um, but the best part about it was like, uh, after like one of the Raider games, he said, um, after we like did an impromptu interview with him in the locker room, he says, by the way, I heard from your mother. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, your mother, she wrote me a very nice note from meeting with you. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, that's so I go, call my mom, I go, how many people have I interviewed that you've written thank you notes to? She's like, oh, just that one. Yeah, uh, but you can't find a person's email now. That's from a time, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't an email, it was a letter. Well, I know, now you could just, then you could just send anybody a letter and they would get it. Now, I don't, you yeah, know, somebody's I, secretary is gonna filter that email out before it gets to And them. if all players, they just get DMs. Like they people get, slide yeah, into DMs. DMs. Yeah, they do get DMs, they do sell the DMs. Yeah. I'm gonna have a book out next year. Well, oh, this year. What's your book? 49ers. That's a, it's called The Franchise. And, but you know what's funny? I was telling Traverius Ward that in the locker room. And he goes, oh, I go, hey, I hear you write, I like to read a lot of books. Like, yeah, I got, I'm writing one. He's like, oh, what's it about? I go, the 49ers. I'm like, I don't want to read that. <laughs> He's like, I read murder mysteries. That's good. Right? That's good. All right. Is there anything else on your mind? Nope. We got to. Uh... Is that it? Time to cut out? Well, I mean, yeah. It's Tito's time. It's Tito's time. It is Tito's time. All right. So there is Cam Inman from the. Uh, 
suite level, the field suite level at uh, Levi Stadium. Field looks good, by the way. All right, now into the locker room for part of the conversation. And both interviews you can go check out on the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. I hope you will. Um, Here is a part of the conversation with 49ers receiver Jawan Jennings. Jawan, how did you get your name? Uh, My brother, my older brother. um, My dad named me Benny, and then uh, my brother didn't like Benny so much, so he told my mom to name me Jawan, and then my mother, um, she came up with the spelling. And how old was your brother when he got to name you? He was about about 10, 11 years old. So your dad got overruled on Benny by a (laughs) 10-year-old? Him and my mom, yeah, I say so. And, and uh, so did your dad ever call you Benny? Like, did he try to nickname you? Or that, that, that went away? No, that went away. It went away pretty fast. I, I liked uh, Jawan growing up as well, too. It's just a unique name to me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Have you met another Juwan? Uh I have met a few other ones, but I haven't met another Juwan who spelled like, who spelled like mine, which yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to ask you about contested catches. When you got drafted, a lot of people, the first thing you do is you go to YouTube, and the first thing you see is the Hail Mary catch at, yeah. at Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but then it looks like it's translated to the league. Uh, 65% of your catches go for first downs. Feels like a lot of juice. You know what we talking about? It feels like a lot of them are contested. Um, so can you break down why do you think you catch so many first downs? Uh, really, because most of the time I'm getting the ball is on third down, <laughs> I would say. And then other than that, uh, when I run my routes, I'm just trying to um, get as much separation as possible. And uh, most most of the time, uh, I do a, I do a good job at that. I would say. Um, and if I do create separation, it's it's gonna it's gonna lead to a first down. Okay, everybody, thanks for checking out the pod today. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. See you on YouTube. We'll be streaming live after the Niner Packer game Saturday night.